Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit unitechurchak.org. Now, enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. We're launching into this series, At the Feet of Jesus. And this is really um, something that God laid on my heart was to, um, as, as I, I don't know, I was just praying, and I just felt just from the perspective of looking up at Jesus from his feet. And in worship, I was really worshiping and praying, and then I, I, I just had this experience where the Lord was just telling me, there's something in, in my relationship with you when you get at my feet. And when we keep our life at the feet of Jesus. And so what we're going to do is just a little journey, a uh, six-week journey, looking at different people's encounters with Jesus at his feet. And how we can learn and respond and live our life in a way before God that will produce tremendous fruit if we will just stay at Jesus' feet. So today we're going to look at the leper at Jesus' feet. In Luke 17, verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy, met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, say one. (laughs) One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. Praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Can you believe that? And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to them, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we are, we're just shaking heaven. We're pulling on just your cloak, God. We're just pulling on the hem of your garment saying, Jesus, will you just rattle something out for us today? Will you bring something down in revelation for us that we can chew on, that we can be like you, we can become like you? Fill us to overflowing. Renew our minds, our hearts, our lives. Refresh us with the river of living water that is your word. We want to be like you and changed in your presence today, right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, the life of a leper was not the life you'd want to choose. (laughs) Of all the things you could choose, you probably wouldn't want to choose leprosy when you grow up, right? What do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to be a fireman. Oh, I want to be a leper. No, nobody says that for a reason. Is because leprosy was a really bad thing. In fact, leprosy in ancient times, they really didn't have the ability to distinguish and diagnose between all kinds of skin diseases like they do now, nor did they really have very many cures 
for any of them. And so most skin diseases are, were categorized as leprosy. Some of them more extreme than others, just like we have today. And, but they couldn't really tell if they were or not. So in that time, if you kind of had a skin disease, it started to pop up or whatever, the law said, hey, you need to go outside the camp. We need you on the outside until we figure out what's going on with you. So they would be outcasted, sent out of the community. And there was a really practical reason, which was to protect the rest of the community from that disease. But there were hard consequences because of this. For people that got some kind of skin disease or leprosy, they had a really tough life. Because in this type of society, they really depended on one another for survival. Very hard to survive on your own in this time. You couldn't like pull out your iPod or uh, iPod, nobody has one anymore. Uh, your, your, your digital phone, your, your smartphone. And you got me, bro. Smartphone. Appreciate that. And just go, Amazon, order me food. And then it looks at your face and goes, bing, payment received. You're like, this is amazing. It knows who you are. And it just brings food, sustenance, life source to your doorstep, what you need. Look, in, in this type of society, you needed one another to survive. You need the milkman. You need the guy who has the cows and the people that have the chickens. And you need the person who, like, you know, uh, tans, hides, and makes blankets and Fur, traps you know, animals to get fur so you can be warm and somebody who sews clothes. Like everybody depended on one another for survival and to be outcasted was almost death. Not only the emotional side of never having, being able to connect you know, emotionally with others were outcasted and thrown on the outside because of fear of being a damaged to the internal, the other community or whatever was there, they get pushed out and survival was very difficult and very, very lonely. So when Jesus strolls along uh, in this space, when he comes along into this story, we find Jesus with a very compassionate heart toward the outcast. And when he comes by the it, you and I have to decide in our life where we fit. And sometimes we feel like we fit in. And then other times we feel like we're out. Different scenarios and things happen in our life that push us into the outskirts or on the outside and feel like an outcast. And you might have showed up here today and you might feel like an outcast in your life. Nobody wants me. Nobody really loves me. I don't know if I'm truly accepted or I belong. And you can find that is a very, or experience that that is a very, can be a very lonely, lonely, scary life. I've felt this way in my life more than one time, like an outcast, like someone on the outside in need. What, does this, what do we see these lepers do? This is one thing that I think is fascinating is that these lepers are in this community and obviously there was a buzz moving around that 
someone was out there named Jesus that could possibly heal them. They're hearing rumors that there is a healer or that maybe he's the Messiah. And so what they're doing is waiting on the side of the road. We see them in verse 12. He says he was going into a village and 10 men had leprosy uh, met him. They stood at a distance. They're waiting in some sort of pathway that they think he just might be there. And they're looking for him. And when they see him, they, they're like, Master, they cry out with a loud voice, you're not getting past me. We need what you have. One of the most powerful things in your life, my life, is that we can, when we realize how needy we really are. See, when we think we're not needy, we don't go stand by the road and look for Jesus. When we don't know that we're a leper, that we're an outcast, we just go bump along in our whole life and think we're just okay. A lot of times we're not okay. In fact, principally, in your life without Jesus, you are not okay. You are lost, you are an orphan. We're all orphans and abandoned and we have no real life. It is scary, we're alone, and it is dangerous out there without him. The consequences to not have Jesus in our life is eternal death, eternal separation from the presence of God's goodness. That is a scary place to be. But you and I have to see ourselves in our life, in our brokenness, in our hurt, in our deficiencies, and just be, God, it's okay that I'm a leper here. I'm just an outcast. I'm just a needy, broken person. And I'm coming to the road like this leper and saying, God, I need you. Jesus, master, they say, have pity on me. They knew where they were at. They knew their position before God. They knew who, what they needed. And they saw the source of hope and life. And they reached out and called out to him. There is only one source of hope and life. There's only one person you can find yourself at his feet and find eternal life. And that's the son of God. Jesus himself is the only one who is God and can save. It's amazing they call out to Jesus and they have this isolated life where they self-evaluate and say, we are alone and lost and we need God. How many times in our life do we take this self-evaluation and say, I'm isolated and I'm alone, but then where do we go? Do we respond like the lepers and call out, Master, have pity on me? Or do we have pity on ourselves? I want you to think, think about this. This self-evaluate. Sometimes we self-evaluate and decide, in fact, not just evaluate my heart and say, oh, I'm needy and God, I need you. No, instead, we do self-value hate. <laughs> we actually cast and decide the value of ourselves independently of ourselves based on how we've lived against ourselves, and then we begin to hate ourselves, and then just, no, I'm not gonna cry out to Jesus. I'm just gonna go back to my little 
way and my little community and the way it was, and I'm going to go be alone. Jesus is not walking by the road of your life on accident. Come on. He's not walking by the road of your life today on accident. You have an opportunity to take your life and not judge yourself and say, hey, no, you know what? I'm not actually good enough to come to the feet of Jesus. What I've done is too hard, too bad. It, it, uh, it's too messed up. I'm not valuable enough or worth it enough to come to God. I'm just gonna stay the way I am. We can evaluate that we're not valuable enough, that God really wouldn't love us, and we predetermine for ourselves self-evalue hate. Okay, come on, ourself. And decide, oh, well, God would never do that. Who are you to say God, what God would or would never do? Jesus is walking by the road of your life today so that you could know him, no matter where you're at. And other times, we just don't look in enough to realize we're a leper. We just think we're perfect. We're all good. Everything's fine. And, I, and it needs to be fine so that God can be okay with me. It doesn't need to be fine. He doesn't need you to be fine for him to reach out and have mercy and pity on you. Our position is to look for Jesus on the side of the road in our loneliness, in our need, and cry out to him, Jesus, have pity on me. Romans 10, 13 says this, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You gotta call though. You won't call if you don't need. If you don't see yourself as an outcast, broken, or a leper, you and I, we will not call out and ask God, fix me, heal me, save me, deliver me. Philippians 4, 6 says this, don't worry about anything instead. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Just tell him. It's okay to be a needy leper outcast on the side of the road. He's okay with that. Just call out to him. Come to his feet. He heals, he loves, he accepts. You know, when I first gave my life to Jesus, I had no clue what was gonna happen. I mean, I've told you guys, a lot of you know my testimony. I had no reference point for Christianity, church, Bible, Jesus, none of that. I got radically saved, and God spoke to me, and I got filled with the Holy Spirit and transformed. And then I just started going where Christians were. And I started worshiping. I can hardly even remember why. How did I even start doing that? I don't even know. It was in my heart. I just love Jesus. And I start going to church. I start reading the Bible. I start fellowshipping with other believers, and they're loving me. And then my personal family, I didn't realize my family kind of hated Christians. And I experienced the deepest rejection of my entire life from my own personal family and my closest friends. Just basically walked away from me, and more than that, in a lot of ways, persecuted me. God bless them, I love them. Whatever, it freaked them out. And there was honestly... In some encounters around me, some very demonic attacks straight from the enemy against my life. And I had no clue what was happening. 
And the only response that I could do, I remember sometimes, I had this one radical challenge that happened in my life, and I really can't tell you the details of it because it just, it sort of exposes people I love, right? But it was, I really believe the enemy's direct attack asking me, do you love Jesus more than me? How many, who's ever said this? I've never had anybody else really say this to me. Do you love Jesus more than me? I've been saved two weeks in my life. And I, I barely even read one chapter of the Bible yet. It was like the list of Jesus' genealogy. I didn't know nothing. <laughs> right? I got no tools. All I have is this encounter with Jesus, and he was meeting me every single day. And I looked at this person I care about very deeply. Yes, I do love Jesus more than you. Huge anger outburst. It was amazing. It was amazing. <sighs> And the Holy Spirit fills me. I felt the boldness of the Holy Spirit, but I realized I was desperate, I was needy. In my weakness, Jesus was strong. I was a leper. I was now an outcast. I was rejected. I remember I went outside and I was standing, uh, it just, it was kind of cold out and I, I went outside. And the, you know those days when the sky is just like, there's not one cloud in the sky. It seems like the Lord just took a rope and pulled heaven like about 50 feet closer. Anybody ever see the stars that way? It was part of the moment and connected with God's creation. I looked up in the universe. You can see the universe. In the Kiski, Alaska, I can stand anywhere on the planet and see the universe. I mean, that's just mind-blowing. And I'm looking at what God created, and I felt the Lord say, thank you for honoring me. I am always always going to stand with you. And I felt the favor of God come on my life that day. I was just a little outcast leper standing on the side of the road, and I just called out to Jesus, and he met me. There are things that you will do when you give your life to Jesus that can make you feel with the world like a leper, but the response is to run to Jesus. Jesus, I need you. I'm calling out to you. Because Jesus loves the leper. He loves the outcast. He loves you. You're just little lepers. Oh, my little lepers, come here. I'll spend some time with you. They're beautiful to me. He loves you. <laughs> I'm not speaking any leprosy over anybody. Heal in Jesus' name. Free. This is all metaphorical, right? <clears throat> Spiritual. Delivered. Healing. But this guy, this guy in Luke, who returns back, these nine other lepers, they just kind of frolic off. Let's go shout ourselves to the, to the priest and get healed. And this guy comes back. And he says, wait a second. He's like going, he's like, what just happened to me? I'm healed. And he just stops him in his tracks and he turns back and he, he runs back to Jesus. He's like, Wow. In fact, in that moment, it was unlawful for him to go back to Jesus. The next step had to be go to the priest. The priest says, you're good, now you can be in community. He was breaking the law. <laughs> to return to God and say, hey, thanks. <laughs> thanks. But Jesus does this crazy thing, man. Jesus... This wasn't the only person. 
that Jesus reached out to that had disease or was sick or unwell or was an outcast. He, he found people that were outcasts and he talked to them and he healed them and he loved them. In Matthew 8, 2, look at this. He says, a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. He touched him. I'm willing. Be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of leprosy. Listen, if somebody came in with a very highly contagious disease and you knew it, and they're like walking and, <laughs> oh, could you pray for me? You'd be freaking out. Because you're afraid of catching it. Jesus isn't scared. He's not scared of you. He's not scared of your sin. He's not scared of your leprosy. Your sin is not contagious to him. He's perfect righteousness. And he sees himself as your healer. He's the solution to your brokenness, loneliness, your leprosy, your outcasted nature. He is the solution. And he doesn't just come in your life and, and, and be like, oh my gosh, you look so gross. Your sin is grotesque. He doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see the leprosy, the disease. He doesn't see that. He sees who he made you to be and who he was is dying, who he's died for, okay? In this case, who he was going to die for. In our case, who, who he died for already. Jesus touches lepers. Jesus touches sin. This is why Hebrews says, Bring your life, your sin, your outcastedness to my throne room. That's where it belongs. He doesn't say go clean it up and get yourself and self-evaluate yourself to get yourself where you think or feel and good enough about yourself to present yourself to him. Church, I don't care what kind of day you had, what kind of week you had, how many bad decisions you've made. Do not stop coming to church. Don't stop. Don't stop bringing your leprosy to the throne room of God and offering it to him in worship. Don't go build some sub-community like they did to this leprosy group and go, well, we just don't really worship God good enough and we got this sin stuff going in our lives, so we're gonna go like to this place where we feel more comfortable with each other. Sin is sin and it's death. Living out there is gonna kill you. You've got to stop and break rhythm of that type of lifestyle and get into a place where you can worship fully, holy. This is why we gather together as the church. You bring your throne room. I bring mine. The throne room's inside each one of us. We bring this united throne room together, a bunch of outcasted lepers with our sin, where Jesus says, I love all my little lepers. Let's worship. Right? How amazing is our God that he loves the outcast, that he touches those of us, all of us, with sin. And he's like, I don't care about your stuff. You can't mess me. He touches us and we're healed. He ministers us, we're transformed. Our broken thinking is made new. Our, even our physical bodies can be healed, literally set free. These guys were physically set free. You can 
Build up your faith and belief for not only emotional, spiritual healing and made uh, restoration, but also physical restoration because we have a God who likes to heal, who likes to touch broken people. You know who he likes to touch the most and interact with is those who are unsaved that don't know him. That's where he likes to do his greatest miracles, to show off, bring them here, pray for them, to get healed, delivered, set free. Remember one a week? We're gonna invite one a week for 52 weeks, that's it. Just keep inviting one a week. One leper a week, okay? Lepers reaching lepers in Jesus' name. John 3, 16, for this is how God loved the world. He gave, he touched, he came. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God did not he says, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save it, save the world through him. He didn't come to judge your sin. He came to touch it, to heal it, to set you free. And we wanna self-evaluate our sin and we wanna tell God he's a judge, a bad judge that's just coming to beat us up and just make us feel terrible all the time about our sin. And, and you know what, sometimes as Christians, we will let a community morph into a hateful, just, just terrible uh, 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 culture that just wrecks people and is judgy. Cut that junk out. That's leprosy. That's death. We're, we're all in the same boat. You and I, we're just like saved by the grace of God. And Jesus came to save the world. He wants us to love the world the same way he loves them. We reach out and love. But man, if we could be like this guy, just outcasts at the feet of Jesus, how much different would the perspective of our entire life be? Look at what happens in Mark chapter 14. While in Bethany, reclining at a table in the home of Simon the leper. What? A woman came with an alabaster jar, of very expensive perfume made of nard, and she broke the jar and poured it over Jesus' head. Jesus is in Bethany reclining at a table with Simon, who is, he doesn't have like, hey, it's Simon the tanner, the guy who Hands hides, Simon the blacksmith, right? He's the leper. Oh my gosh, like I said, you don't want to be a leper when you grow up. This poor guy was remembered as Simon the leper. But what? Jesus obviously healed this guy. And he's now dining and reclining with him. Look, the reward for us coming as outcasts to the feet of Jesus is reclining and dining with the King of Kings. How awesome is our God that he dines with lepers. You don't have to be perfect to eat with Jesus. He wants you to meet him at his feet. But we have to respond like this leper on the road, this one leper. 
And Luke 17, 14, when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan, a double outcast. The response of this one grateful leper. But I want you and I to think about the nine others that left. Just for a moment. Not too long or I'll start to get sad. I don't like to be sad. <laughs> positive, positive boy. His nine lepers. God bless them. We're like them sometimes. You get a hard rap in this story because we all get to look back and go, oh, yeah, yeah, we should have been like that one. One guy who comes back, yeah, that's me. We always want to see ourselves in the best light, right? <laughs> Reality is, is that a lot of us are like this nine lepers. And you know, you can't, you can't hardly fault them. These guys have been outcasts forever. And Jesus says, go show yourself to the priests. They start going. And they're like, oh my gosh, I'm totally healed. And they start freaking out. That's probably how I would do it. I probably would totally get completely down to my skivvies and check everything and leave all my clothes and just keep running. You know, I'd be so excited. <coughs> I get excited. Forget about details, right? <laughs> these guys, these guys, you can hardly blame them. They just run off thinking about themselves, looking at themselves, inspecting themselves, seeing how Oh, me, and they're thinking of their life, what they could do for them, themselves, the rest of their life. Selfishness. And what did they miss? They missed Jesus. They missed the relationship. And I don't know if this leper that came back was Simon, the leper that he came and he fellowshiped with and ate at his house, but I bet there's a good chance that that was that dude's reward. He built a relationship with God. Jesus, don't miss your relationship with Jesus. Don't be so self-involved in your own thing and oh, I got all this stuff and look at how God blessed me so I can do this for me. And my stuff, my thing. Oh, God, thank you. He heals you of something physically. Oh, thank God, I'm healed. Now I can go do more stuff for me. Drive my stomach chain. Yeah. Nothing wrong with driving your stomach machine. But if we want the reward in the kingdom, we have to be like the one leper who came back. But so many times we look at ourselves, and then there's this negative evaluation of everything around us, and it's critical. Listen, if you have a critical perspective on life, the things around you, there's this principle that's so powerful that we see the Israelites in the desert. They wander in the desert for 40 years because they're complaining. They're complaining about their self and what they do and don't have. And gratefulness is what, and thankfulness of what God did provide and had for them is what launched the other Israelites into the promise. But if we're looking at ourself all the time, we're just gonna wander and suffer in the desert. We're gonna miss the encounters with God. The encounters with God come from this kind of response that we see this one grateful leper have. The man saw 
God, what God had done. He's walking, and when he noticed God did something in his life, he stopped looking at himself. He turns around, and he sees Jesus. And he comes back to Jesus. He throws himself at Jesus' feet and worshiped him. The man thanked Jesus. A thankful heart, a heart that loves God, a heart that's full of gratitude is going to create this powerful response in relationship with God. God loves when our heart is full of gratitude. He loves it. It is, Philippians 4, 6 says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience, look at this, your thankfulness launches you into an experience. You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Take yourself back to Jesus. Throw yourself at his feet. God wants a response like this one leper, a heart of gratitude and thankfulness. Your best place, the best place for any outcast is at the feet of Jesus. Throw yourself at his feet. It's easy to be grateful when you're looking up. Come on. You're made to be at the feet of Jesus. You get down at his feet, Everything looks different. <laughs> My problems look different. The size of Jesus looks different. The size of Jesus' feet is way bigger. <laughs> he looks different. In fact, everything in my life has a much better perspective when my face is in the dirt at the feet of Jesus. Come on. Put your face in his feet. Humble yourself. It's hard to see yourself when you're laying all the way down and looking up at his feet. God gets pretty big when you're at his feet. Gratefulness sees the promise, sees the land provided, sees the goodness God has provided and remembers it with praise. I'm just gonna say that one more time. Gratefulness, we're at the perspective at the feet of Jesus, sees the promise, the promised land, what God has given us. It sees that he loves the leper. You feel the touch from the presence and the power of God and he, we see the land he's provided, the goodness that God has provided and we remember it with praise. Gratefulness will carry you into the promise God has given you. You've got to see your need, call out to him in your need, worship him in response and gratitude. Your best worship to God is when you're at his feet. Practice being overtly thankful. Practice being overtly thankful. I want you to hear this. With thankfulness, overdo it. Some people say, well, you can overdo everything. No, you can't. You can't overdo humility. You can't overdo love. Everything in moderation except gratefulness.
thankfulness, love, humility. You can't overdo thankfulness. Nobody's going to get tired of you saying thank you. How about thank you to God? Worship is thank you to God. Worship is gratitude to God. When you see yourself in worship rather than at a concert, oh, it has to be such good music. Versus at the feet of Jesus, worshiping as a leper, an outcast, being set free and touched by the living God. Worship is a response of gratefulness. It's not an opportunity for you to have opinions. Worship isn't for you and it isn't for me. It's a response in gratitude. Psalms 100 verse 4 through 5 as we close. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Overdo it. Go into his courts with praise. More than you think you should. Give thanks to him and praise his name bigger, louder than you're comfortable. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. He is the God who loves the outcast. He's the God who loves the leper. He loves you and he loves it when you're at his feet so he can touch you and pour out his great love for you. But I'm telling you, overdo it. You can't be on your face enough. You can't be on your knees enough. You can't sing too loud. You can't worship too loud. You can't raise your hands too much. You can't dance too vibrantly before God. It's all just worship to him. And it's easier when you see yourself as a leper who just got healed from being an outcast. Just excited to do shit to worship Jesus. <laughs> that would be weird if you all worship that way, but I'd still love you. <laughs> Judgment-free zone. <sighs> worship however you want. Just do it all. Do it bigger, better, more than you feel comfortable. And this is the thing. So many times we get self-evaluated. Well, people won't love me and accept me. I'll get rejected if I worship too loud. It's not about them either. It's just about him and our response to him. They called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Man, we bring ourselves to him that way all the time. How about we see our friends that need him that way and we bring them into that same kind of love encounter. Amen. I'd love to pray with some people here. If you've never received Jesus in your life, this is a fantastic time for you to give your life as an outcast, as somebody who might feel alone or broken or hurting. You came to a place of love. You came to a place. <sighs> Lord is moving in your life, man. You feel that? You feel it? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I got you. A little volume control, man. That was good. Good timing. Good timing, guys. That was not planned. I'm just <laughs> Listen, we serve a real God. We're just a bunch of real people. It's not a show, right? It's, we serve a God who loves us so deeply. You came here, you might be lost. You're just, who am I? I'm broken. How could a God love me? Guess what, you little leper? God loves you the way he loves me. 
and I was just a little leper too. Lost, broken, so alone. And God just crashed into my life. I mean, listen, he's walking by your road today. Will you cry out to him, Jesus, have mercy on me. Have pity on me, I need you. So simple, the Bible says, if you believe in your heart, Jesus is Lord, call out with your mouth. Declare him as God, you will be saved. I'd love to pray with you today. We'll do it in just a second. If you close your eyes with me, please. Just give everybody a moment to be alone. And this is why we close our eyes. As everybody gets this chance in the whole room to be alone with Jesus, just focus your eyes on him. You're one person in a sea of many, but he knows you and loves you independently, individually, with the same amount of love. And you might've come here today and not knowing you're lost and you didn't realize you needed to be found, but guess what? Jesus found you and he wants you. He wants you to be in his family. And here today, very simply, you'd like to be a part of God's family and have experience his love for you, experience his saving love for you, and have a, a relationship with Jesus that'll start in just a moment. Just flip your hand in the air so that I know who wants to start a relationship with Jesus and I'll pray with you. Anybody here, Jesus, I wanna receive you. Just stretch your hand up in the air. Thank you, I see your hand. Anybody else? Jesus, I wanna give my life to you. I'm ready to receive and have a relationship with you, God. Anybody else here? Awesome. Let's pray. Pray this with me. Jesus, you are God. I love you. Save me from my sin. Fill me with your presence. Help me to live for you. Touch my life today. Heal me today. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at unitechurchak.org. We hope to see you soon.